In June, state lawmakers unanimously approved legislation directing state health officials to establish a special needs assisted living program to serve New Yorkers with neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's. For more on this measure and how it could help people living with dementia, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Bill Gustafson, Director of Government Affairs for the Alzheimer's Association in New York State. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thanks for having me, Dave. So according to the legislative memorandum accompanying this bill, uh, the program envisioned here would fill a gap in the state's existing long-term care services for people with dementia. What exactly is the gap that exists right now? So currently, if you are a if you have a loved one or you are, you are a person living with the disease and you're displaying certain behaviors, uh, which tend to be violent, um, then you oftentimes find yourselves in and out of facilities because through our system, as much as a facility would like to ensure best quality of care for an individual, when you are displaying violence, you, you tend to be removed from facilities. And we have had stories where families have had loved ones in and out of various facilities because of this. And anecdotally, what we oftentimes hear is because we can't find a placement here in New York State, families who don't have the ability to provide at-home care uh, will send their loved one to a different state. So this was one of these issues that's been sort of this uh, bill itself was um, worked on prior to me joining the association, and it really is trying to address one of the holes in the continuum of care for people living with the disease, one that industry and us as a patient advocacy organization realized existed, but weren't quite sure yet how to figure out, and then COVID happened, which put a sort of stop on all this. So this year, we were able to work with Senator Rivera and Assemblywoman Fahey to ensure its passage, so I was happy to see it done. Well, what is the scope of this problem in, in New York? I mean, when we think about people who might be falling through the cracks every year, are we talking about less than 100 people or should we be thinking about this in the thousands? Well, we should be thinking, number one, about the scope of the prevalence of Alzheimer's disease in the state of New York as high. We actually have new data coming out from the Rush University Medical Center who issued a report at our annual conference, AAIC, with the first time ever data at a county level for prevalence of Alzheimer's disease. And we have been utilizing our facts and figures that the association puts out. And we had been pegging New York State having roughly 410,000 people 65 and older living with the disease. We were pretty close. Based on these new data, it says 426,000 New Yorkers 65 and older are living with the disease. And that makes us number two in the country. And then beyond that, we actually have a county, the Bronx, which is the number one in the nation in terms of prevalence. So with the specific behaviors, that's not every single case. However, we want to make sure that this disease is covered sort of from beginning to end and there are no gaps. And this was, while we can't say, oh, there's you know 100 or 10,000 or 25,000 individuals displaying um, behaviors, there is the fact of the matter is this exists outside of knowing the known specific number, and they deserve the proper care and support that anyone else living with the disease deserves. And in terms of the proper care and support, are there facilities that are taking care of people in an adequate way currently who have dementia, or is it the case where we have to rebuild? this entire service from scratch in New York? 
No, I think I think those who are receiving care, whether they're in assisted living, enhanced assisted living, or in a nursing home, receive quality care in the state of New York. I, I think, like all things, we can always continue to work better within the system to improve um, that care. However, this specific population of those living with the disease, and it's not just Alzheimer's, uh, Parkinson's as well, um, deserve and require a higher level of care that is more specific. So this bill would actually it's not large scale. So if the governor, and I hope she does, signs this bill into law, um, these facilities will be limited to 10 beds. And if no more than five individuals who require 24-hour care will be placed in those beds, and then there will be 24-7 physician oversight, and the people admitted into these facilities will need to have been declined admission or readmission to previous facilities. So we are really talking about a, a, a small population, but the need is there. And our hope is that the industry views this as if we want to take care of these people. So we will build these facilities as needed, because I do believe that there is a need in this state. Because if we are sending people out of state, that's not in the best interest of the person living with the disease or their family. So you just talked about one potential outcome, which would be the construction of new facilities that can comply with the mandated coverage uh, that this bill envisions. But is it possible that this could also have a negative or unintended consequence, which is if facilities can't meet these mandates, that people will go from maybe having coverage that doesn't necessarily meet all of their needs if they have dementia to being shut out of coverage completely because uh, facilities need to meet these new mandates of having, let's say, limited number of beds and certain patient to personnel ratios? Well, this will be an option. Not every facility will have to do this if they don't, if they choose not to. However, if they choose to build and have these beds, they will abide by the the terms of the new law or potential new law. So I don't think there will be an unintended consequence in terms of people saying no. I think the facilities who have dealt with this and are aware that they want to provide care will be interested in moving forward with it. But I don't believe all, you know, X number of nursing homes are going to do this or X number of assisted living will, will want to do this. It's going to be up to the them to, this is what's right for us. We believe in this model and this care and they'll move forward with it. Yeah. What would be the incentive for someone to enter this space if it did become a, a regulated type of care? As a employee of the Alzheimer's Association, yeah, I would hope that our care facilities are in the business of wanting to help people living with the disease and their families provide great quality care for their loved one who is in need. Uh, so that would be number one, that might sound idealistic, but uh, it is it is the case. And then two, it's this is private pay. This is, this is not a Medicaid population. This is private pay. So if you're in the business of a bottom line, there is that piece of it as well. well yeah, you just brought up the other point I was going to ask, which is, is this something that, say, people on Medicaid or relying solely on maybe Medicare can benefit from, or will this be a, an option primarily reserved to people with private insurance or who are just independently wealthy and able to pay for something like this? That's a, it's a good question. And at the moment of where we sit right now, it is for private pay, um, people who have the means. And like a lot of things, we have to, we have to start small. And we'd like to build and build from here. So I, I think this is almost not quite a pilot, but it is an opportunity for the state to introduce this piece of the care continuum 
see how it does. And then as we do in the state, we look at it, we look to see how it's working. And then if we can scale it, we will scale it. And I'll advocate to, to do it because this is a disease that impacts all. And it shouldn't just be those who are the most well-off who have access to the care. We're seeing that with the treatments that are now being uh, FDA approved, being very expensive, uh, long-term care is expensive as it is. We want to make sure those who families in need and people living with the disease have access across the board. So I think this will be something that this build is not a panacea whatsoever. However, it begins to address a need that we can t- continue to build on uh, moving forward. Well, we've been speaking with Bill Gustafson. He's the Director of Government Affairs for the Alzheimer's Association in New York State. Bill, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Dave. for Capital Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.